The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down, hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It is a midweek edition of Talking Cowboys, presented by Tostitos, the official chip and the official dip of the Dallas Cowboys here from the star in Frisco. Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips, Kyle Yeomans, Chris Beam in the back. Gentlemen, how's it going? I'm fantabulous. Fantabulous. That's a good word. Still swell. Good. Okay. Is it just going to be swelled every time? Sure. I like like it. it. Peachy. Peachy again. Mm. I love it. All right. News and notes for the Cowboys as week six is upon us. The Patriots look ahead, and throughout the next 45 minutes, we preview the Patriots offense and the Cowboys defense and just exactly what the Patriots do or do not really bring to the table in this matchup. But first, we have some updates from Rob Phillips. Where would you like me to start? Mm. Uh, How about Lyle Collins? Okay, Lyle Collins will not be back this week. What? Judge... Uh, Amos Mazant did denied his request for a, an emergency TRO injunction, whatever you want to call it. That he was trying to get back this week. So, one more game. He's el- he's already back in the building. He's able to do certain things, work out, be in certain meetings, but he will be fully back and able to play after the bye. Would you like me to get into all the details of the case or just kind of go very high level, pretend I'm Matlock? Let's do that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it comes down to... Actually, get into the details. I want to know the details. I, I, I can't, I'm, I'm able to give you very high level details Okay. Here, okay. There's a lot into this, but I think ultimately it sounded like he he wasn't sure it was a... The NFL was in the right in terms of what the CBA says and what what they did in terms of suspending him five games. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, um, his in, in his brief, he said, the court cannot disregard an arbitrator's reasonable construction of the party's agreement. So I don't understand that exactly. I, I mean, to me, that's like both sides there. You, you disagree mm-hmm. with it, but you're, you know, but you're upholding the suspension. So uh, it's probably deeper than what I understand. But Anyway, he's he's not back this week, and Terrence Steele will start at right tackle. And he doesn't get those game checks back, like we were talking about mm. earlier, which hit, hurts IL for mm. a certain amount of time. Those are big game checks, too. I, I thought like, the funniest thing about the whole deal was is that the judge says, you know, Wild, you have a really good case against the NFL, but I'm not going to get for you. So Yeah. yeah, like, yeah he that's... said that. He's like, you got a really good case. You're coming at me really good. But we're not going to rule for you. Just kidding. And with Zeke, when he he actually is the same judge who, you know, blocked Zeke's suspension and gave him that TRO, and it comes down to it came down to irreparable harm. Could could they prove that that being gone and losing those game checks was irreparable harm to Zeke? And I, I guess maybe that wasn't proven mm-hmm. in this hearing last Friday. So again, mm. one more game for for LC. One more game for Terrence Steele as well. As he's got that final game before the bye week. And it is good. I mean, you look at even just in the on-field repercussions of this ECMA. I mean, Lyle Collins is going to go into week, what was that, week eight of the NFL, and he's going to be fresh. 
You don't have to worry about the neck that was bothering him earlier in the year. You don't have to worry about the hip, of course. I mean, I don't think we were all really that worried about his longevity and his health issues. But, I mean, he's going to have a fresh start midway through the year. Yeah, I mean, we were worried about him. You know, obviously, like you said, coming into the season, hoping that that labrum surgery that he had on his hip had gotten better. He missed all last year, mm-hmm. uh, obviously. But Terrence Steele, again, we have to give him the props that he deserves because everybody had bubble guts when you figured out that Lael was going to go down. And so it was going to be a situation where you already were worried about him as far as the, the neck, all of that. Terrence Steele fills in. You give him a little bit more time to get better, hoping that is obvious the case that he comes back ready to go and from everything that I hear about people working with Brett Brown I need to work with Brett Brown (laughs) I I need if he's the miracle worker like that I need to get out there on the bands with him because I mean just the way that he turned Chauncey Golston who didn't have a training camp and then he comes in and he's fresh ready to go hopefully Lael will come back just like that yeah the bands suck the bands suck, but they're awesome at the same time. I promise you, everybody who touches the bands wants to hurry up and get back to practice because <laughs> that that session with Britt is much more challenging than it is to be on the practice field. It looks easy. Oh yeah. What makes it look? Why? I mean, what it makes is constant it so hard? resistance the okay. entire time? Those bands that he walks out there with that looks like he's carrying doggone. I don't even know what it looks like. <laughs> the rope from hell. But <laughs> but those things work, man. And I, I'm a fan of bands uh, because of my time with Britt. I spent way too much time with Britt, unfortunately. So sorry, Cowboys Nation. I spent most most of my time <laughs> with that dude. Um, but he got me back from all my injuries. Goodness. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody wants to go through that a little bit longer than they need to. And there are a couple guys going through it longer than yeah. they need to. Neville Gallimore, Tristan Hill, a couple names, Michael Gallup in there as well. Any other news and notes from yesterday, Rob? I don't think so. I think that was that was the main one. I think we mentioned the injuries yesterday. We'll, mm-hmm. They do practice today. I, I'm, I'm not sure if it's going to be outside or inside because we've got rain coming. Uh, but we'll have a better idea if anybody's limited at all. You know, Zeke and, and Amari were limited last week in practice. Randy Gregory, too. But everybody was able to go Zeke was pretty sore after this game I mean that pylon thing I mean like you said the, you think the bands look easy like that pylon looks like a little pillow but it's not apparently so well the base of that thing is like hard plastic right you can see it when it got knocked over that thing so there's no give there's no give in that no give mm. yeah and he talked about it and Mike McCarthy talked about it <laughs> yeah uh, we, should, we should probably move it <laughs> <laughs> a little bit it's supposed to be at the line of scrimmage he's like oh let's push it back a little bit um yeah, let's listen to what Zeke had to talk about uh, uh, with that pylon because it was it was really funny. Here's what he said about the landing on the pylon after the game. Yeah, I fell on the pylon. That thing was kind of hard. <laughs> Maybe we should find a new spot for it. <laughs> that, there you go. That's exactly what he said. You just yeah. make it like a hologram or something. Let's take advantage of all this great technology we have, you know, and just – have a fake pylon. Somebody's definitely trying to buy that pylon right now and yeah. sell it on eBay. <laughs> get Zeke sure to sign it. it. Yeah, get him to sign it. Yeah, we're, I can see that. We're finding new ways that they can improve. You know, the the, the DAC touchdown that never was. You know, mm. they put a microchip in the football and let's. let's we yeah. we hate to be the poster child for all of this needing uh, technology out here, though. Like you said, the the DAC. Touchdown that wasn't and the pylon. Come on now. Yeah. Can what's, we, what's next? Can we trademark these ideas? I'm like, you guys to trademark it and then talk about it. Yeah, that's what you I'm guys saying. Are going the Why are we just giving this you're out right. for free? You guys you're are right. doing this the total opposite <laughs> way it should be. As an entrepreneur, <laughs> they're like, what are, yeah, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Come on. By the way, you mentioned rain potentially today, kind of. 
being the deciding factor on whether or not to go outside or go inside. But what about Sunday? I mean, the last time the Cowboys made their way to New England, I mean, it was supposed to be rainy, or it was rainy and cold, and it was one of the sloppiest games on natural field turf that you've seen in God knows how long. At least at the moment, looking at the the forecast going into Sunday, there is a minor chance of rain. It was like 15% this morning. So that's a good thing. That's thumbs up if you wanted to talk about the weather that you would face potentially in Foxborough. So that way you don't look at 2019 again and have a repeat of that. That game was a mess. And it honestly came down to... Really, Brady had one big completion in that game, and that kind of made the difference. I mean, that's it was very difficult for the quarterbacks to function in that game. That Isaiah Stanback, you would have loved that 2019 game because it was all special teams. Yeah, it was, and not it, not it, good for the Cowboys that know, day. When the weather acts up there, it, it gets rough. It gets really rough because of how the wind comes into that stadium. It swirls like crazy. It's like literally the one end zone. It just like a little wind tunnel. It just comes in and it just and then it goes out, but. Hopefully it's not too windy out there because, again, it will change the way in which you have to approach the game. And these are two very different teams facing off this week than what we saw in 2019. So let's start talking about that Patriots offense. And, of course, the biggest difference from 2019 to 2020 is no Tom Brady. I mean, he is not a part. Neither is Julian Edelman. Neither is – I guess Rob was already retired by that point. Gronkowski, I think he took – that was the year he took took off, right? Yeah, he took a year off, yeah. So – Either way, I mean, the three cornerstones of that team are not there on offense, and we'll talk about the defense more tomorrow. The defense is real still. Uh, but what kind of strengths does the the Patriots offense bring to the table in this matchup? Because at least at the moment, Heckma, I don't see a ton of things that they could take advantage of. Well, I mean, it's it's really ironic. You know, you talk about a Josh McDaniel as an offensive coordinator and Kellen Moore and where he is right now, the parallels between the two, because Josh McDaniel at one point was a hot commodity. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kellen Moore right now is scorching hot. Everybody's talking about him in future uh, head coaching. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that when you look at the, the Pats right now, they are in the mold of where they were when Tom Brady first took, took over as quarterback. They want to keep the game as close as they possibly can. They want to play defense, and they want to get you into a slugfest, and they want to make want, want to make you make a mistake. You know, if you make a mistake, they get a turnover. They can get an easy point. They can force you into that. But there's nothing explosive, explosive about this offense right now. They've only scored eight touchdowns in five games, three rushing touchdowns and five passing touchdowns. So not a lot to be afraid of, but what they can do fundamentally is play error-free football. And they're not going to beat themselves and they're going to turn the ball over a whole heck of a lot, do things stupid, but they still have a rookie quarterback. And you have to force the hand of this rookie quarterback to do some of the things that we've benefited from greatly, and that's the turnover differential. And I loved your article about the turnover differential. Oh, well, thanks, buddy. He, I was, man, talk about Mike McCarthy when he was at Green Bay, Dom Capers, all that. I loved it. I took a lot from that, too. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, man, not a lot. Like, again, I don't want to try and feel as though like we, we're just going to run in and knock them out because it's not going to happen. They're a well-coached team. But as far as their offense is concerned, look, it's just not a lot of explosion. Yeah, personnel-wise is where these guys are kind of snake bit. They don't have the personnel that they've had in past years, um, nor the experience and in those positions, right? They don't have the experience at running back like they did before. They don't have the experience at receiver. Tight end, they got some dudes, right? They got some dudes. They, <laughs> but they they spent they they broke the bank to make sure they had some dudes at that position. Hunter Henry, Johnu Smith are the yeah, two guys you're those, talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Those two guys are, are real, and those were two of the highly touted guys around the league last year, and they went and got both of them. Um, so I think that that was on 
on purpose. Obviously, not only because of the success that New England has had in the past with their recent with their tight ends, but obviously it gives a sense of security, right? And we talked about the safety blanket for like Dalton Schultz, what he is to Dak right now. Those two guys are the safety blanket for Mac Jones. And it allows those guys not only sit in and block and give him protection, but also gives him an outlet and somebody, some guys to throw to on the interior because they don't have the weapons on the outside. They still have Nelson Aguilar and a couple other guys, but those guys aren't guys that like I'm, I'm, I fear. The thing that we have, they always talk about it, right? Identify. Right, respect, never fear. Right, identify, respect, never fear your opponent. So identify who can hurt you. Well, you got the two tight ends that can hurt you. Okay, identify also the quarterback. He's young, he's still learning, but he only has two percent less efficiency completion rate than than Dak does. Wow, he has two more interceptions than Dak. Right, but he has two. He's he's seventy one percent on his completion rate. Dak seventy three. So let's not look at this and say, okay, but this guy's just young. He is. Their guy, their curveball that we have to watch out, watch out for is who their offensive coordinator. Yeah. Daniels, mm. as this as this quarterback gets more comfortable in this system, they're going to become more of a threat. They will Josh McDaniels will find ways to get his playmakers a ball. Mac Jones will get more comfortable with the calls that McDaniels has, and those once their relationship starts blending, that's when things will start happening. So I think that he's doing a good job in terms of managing the game. He just doesn't have the weapons that we have, or the experience that Dak has to be as explosive as we are. But he's very efficient. Yeah, Jacoby Myers is their leading receiver, and he actually his coming out party was that 2019 game against the Cowboys when he yeah. had like 74 yards as an undrafted guy, and he's he's kind of their lead receiver. Although I, I agree with you guys, Hunter Henry's kind of been maybe their biggest threat in the passing game. Um, Damian Harris is is questionable maybe for this game. Mm. Right, we'll see. He's he's banged up. He hurt his ribs in the in the Texans game, so so we'll see. But you actually hit on my point. It, it's it's kind of like. It's almost like a new offense. I mean, the personnel is is almost completely different um, than certainly since the last time the Cowboys played them. And I, I totally agree with with the fact that Mac Jones, they'll get better as as you already see him more comfortable as we go. You watch that Tampa Bay game, and it's impressive how kind of unflappable he is. And he had no running game to speak of in mm-hmm. that game as well. Um, and the stats show he's getting better against the blitz, and you saw it against the the Houston game. They they'll work the middle of the field on you. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the guys with crossing routes, and you see that with Aguilar and 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 Myers. So we'll see. It's it's not an offense that that is really testing people down the field a lot, but. Again, yeah, they they don't make a ton of mistakes. So yeah. you, you can't do what you did. On, on Sunday and turn the ball over and give them extra possessions, give them more chances to get some drives going. Yeah, points will be at a premium because if you get into a situation where you start off slow like you did against the Giants, it's going to be they'll get you in a dog uh, a dog fight. But I wanted to ask you when you make that comparison from um, Mac Jones and, and Dak as far as their completion percentage right now. What do you, what do you, I mean as far as your evaluation of him as a quarterback, mm-hmm. being a former quarterback? Do you see a guy that's a bus obviously he's a rookie so he's a yeah. bus driver all right so he's he's not able to get to that third read yet but he's exceptional as a rookie in his first and second read yeah. with them letting go of cam and all of that did you think that you know they needed that dynamic to their offense because they don't have the explosion or the ability to stretch the field or even him even him be a dynamic runner yeah i think obviously losing cam you lost the ability for somebody to create Back yeah. there, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think that it would have changed much in terms of their ability to throw the ball more effectively, um, because they just don't have the weapons on the outside. That is personnel. Have they yeah. ever? 
Yeah. Is I mean, so yeah, the reason I don't think that they've ever had, well, I don't want to say ever, <laughs> they've had guys in the past that were dominant, right? But it's usually on the interior. They work you on the inside to yeah. your point, right? And Welker. so they've always had, I've always had Welker. They always had Edelman. Yeah. They've always had, you know, the tight ends, Gronk. They've always had guys on the interior. The exterior, they really have never ever been truly that concerned with that, um, except for my time there when they had Moss. Yeah. All right. So that that was it. They they like to work the inside of the field because there's more there's more field on the interior than there is on the exterior, right? right? Um, and that's where they run their offense at. And they hurt you with their running backs out the backfield. That's how New England's always hurt you. But to that point, you know, McDaniel's. The more comfortable that these two get their relationship, the more tightly woven that they get, the more dangerous they're going to become. Mac Jones looks very composed, very composed. As I break down the film on him, nothing startles him. His footwork is amazing. It's very Tom Brady-ish in terms of his footwork in the pocket. It's identical. Yeah, I mean, in terms yeah. of guys and, and how the how guys are rushing against him, he just slides up one step here, mm-hmm. one step there. His eyes never come off downfield. It's just his guys have to get open. Uh, and I think the more confident that Josh, or the more comfortable Josh McDaniels becomes with his personnel, the more he'll start getting in his bag because we all know Josh McDaniels getting his bag, and we'll break it down in the film room. I got some stuff that Jesus, I'm, I mean, he the way he draws stuff up, he has two, three options in terms of concepts within one play that works against whatever the defense presents. It's amazing. So the more confident that McDaniels gets with his personnel, the more dangerous these guys become. And these guys really want to beat you down. It's always been the case in New England. They physically want to out just outman you. They want to run you into the ground. Defensively, they're big. And they're heavy, right? And, and, and but all, offensively, their offensive line—they had two guys that were on the COVID list last year that didn't that opted out. So they got—they're still getting their feet underneath them too, in terms of continuity on that line. So this is a team that's upcoming. Let's just make sure that their coming out party isn't against us. I agree, and I think Josh McDaniels as a play caller still has a lot to offer. I mean, yeah. even though he, like you said, isn't maybe that hot commodity he was at one point for head coaching jobs, he's. A heck of a coordinator. I mean, he puts I mean, the playbook on the table, and it is it is pretty pretty thick. Yeah, and he's got I, the Super Bowl I, rings to prove it. Yeah, and, I, <laughs> and, and you could say maybe he's not a hot commodity, but I think he's just going to be the coach there one day. I don't. I just don't think he's mm, going, anywhere going anywhere until Bill leaves, and and he's the guy in waiting. That's just. I mean, I have no. That's what that they're most comfortable sense. with. Yeah. I mean, he, he keeps going back there. Right? He mm-hmm. left. He was there. Yeah. He left. He came back. He was just like, I'm just going to sit here. He's had other opportunities since then. He was just like, Nah, no, I'm gonna post I'm up. I'm good right here. I'm yeah. good where I'm sitting. One way you see him create his creativity is in the red zone because they, especially I was just watching the game last week. They they've struggled down there. Yes. They struggled cashing in. I think some of it is they've had some some offensive line issues. Guys have been banged up, so you'll see them go wildcat. Um, try to do some different things to, uh, to, to catch the defense Isn't that weird? off guard. Isn't that weird? I mean, they do all of those great conventional things all the way up into the red zone, and then they go. They it's completely yeah. out of – I mean, they double reverse wildcat stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. when they get down the red – that's got to be a worry for them because if you look at their, the amount of field goals that they kick, they're just – once they it, the whole offense sputters out. And I think that's a byproduct of having that rookie quarterback that is not able to actually dissect and see the concepts mm-hmm. that you're talking about. And so maybe later next year, but as long as he has the defense, he's always going to have a chance, chance, and that's what they have yeah. is a defense. But there's going to be a tri- there's going to be a, a point, and again, I hope it's not against us. There's going to be a moment where it clicks for him, yep. and he's like, I got I got Smith, I got freaking Henry, and I got Harris coming out the backfield or whoever else, right? And those guys are going to he's going to figure out how to get those guys into those doggone little holes. And once he gets confidence in terms of just being able to give those guys ability to make plays, when you're young, you think that everything has to be perfect. 
You think that your when you're a young quarterback, you think that your ball has to be on the money. You think that everything has to be right there on the guys. And as soon as you learn to trust your personnel, just like Dak knows how to trust everybody else that we have on our offense right now, he'll throw it up there and guys will go snagging. It's like, okay, as long as I put it in this area, yeah, right. you know, my guy can go get it. I don't think he knows that yet. He hasn't he he hasn't let that go yet. Right? He hasn't let that control go to that, point. to that point. But once he realizes that those guys can make plays, that those are some of the best guys at their position in the league, oh, that's that's going to open up his, his 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 box. And most of the guys he trusts right now on that offense are playing tight end Correct. at the moment. And so when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, what Cowboys defenders are going to have the toughest task trying to cover Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith when we return with more from the star? Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Back to Talking Cowboys. Welcome back here to Talking Cowboys, presented by Tostitos. It is a great people, great pay replay. You've heard that Jason Witten has joined the Caliber Collision team. If you want to join him to do great work with great people for great pay, mm. you can apply now at jobsatcaliber.com. That's jobsatcaliber.com. Second segment here on a beautiful Wednesday, a wonderful Wednesday, maybe a rainy Wednesday. That'll keep the Cowboys indoors for practice today. Heckma, Isaiah, Rob, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Got Chris Beam in the back. And we were just talking about the tight ends. And goodness gracious, I, I don't know a team that has so much talent at, at tight end, no. but so little talent at wide receiver. Because even the teams that <laughs> even the teams that have talent at tight end, I mean, Kansas City. They got dudes outside. They got a guy outside. Yeah. Maybe San Francisco, Kittle. I mean, yeah. there's not a ton of guys outside there, but they still got Brandon Ayuk and some guys yeah. that can make some damage or have, have wreak some havoc in the uh, on the outside, but Man, I, I, most of the talent is inside. So I ask you this question, Rob. 
Who's challenged the most out of the tight ends and what they could potentially do on this Cowboys defense? Um, well, I mean, Curse has been a guy that they've played, I mean, pretty much every snap in that mm-hmm. big nickel because of his ability to cover tight ends. Um, you know, Micah Parsons is a guy, you know, he was on Gronk in the opener mm-hmm. and we'll see what he does. I mean, he's, they've kind of moved him around, obviously, but I think this might be a game where he's, he's best suited at linebacker. I mean, because you mentioned what the backs can do out of the backfield. Tight ends are the strength of their offense and having his speed behind the, behind the line of scrimmage, yeah. um, that might be best suited to help there. So those are the two that jump out to me the most. Why are you smiling at me? <laughs> uh, this is the Michael Parsons at linebacker argument again. It's all good. Uh, just... No, it's not an argument. I, I, honestly, <laughs> no, I'm, it's my, I'm arguing. Okay. I mean, <laughs> honestly, it's, it's based on the matchup every week. Yeah. Right? I mean, and especially when you have a guy that you could do that with. I, I just, you know, look, it, talking about the tight ends, Hunter Henry has got me. I loved him in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he was a stud there. And I was a stud. In, in, in when he played for San Diego, uh, <laughs> it was he, San Diego. It was then. San Diego. Yeah. That's not a mistake. Uh, but you, you're right. They, they've always done a lot of a ton of great things with their tight ends and they've been the protection for the quarterbacks over the years and just hogging the middle of the field is what their what their tight ends do. Jerron Curse, I think this is man, he could take this this is a matchup that he he should feel comfortable uh with. Uh even Neil. I, I think getting Neil into a deep third or a flat on the tight end, I, I don't think you would, would could go wrong uh there. Uh, you know, it's just Maybe some of the other challenges, maybe uh, the John o. Smith, you know, a lot more athletic. Uh, and so that's there's got to be some got to pay some attention to guys like that. And we've seen in the past. And the reason why we're even talking about tight ends is because we've been plagued by them. So I think defensively, if we just stick to what we've been doing as far as applying pressure, jumping those routes, because you know that's where the rookie's going to go. He's his first read, and he's not check down Charlie, but he will definitely eyeball his tight ends because they they again they are his, his safety blanket. It's very close to what Dak Prescott does with Dalton Schultz. That's not a check down. It's more of a safety blanket. It's more of an opportunity to get the ball to somebody and be confident in that fact. And now you not only have one of those guys, you've got two of them that can make some damage. Yeah, they're both threats. They're both threats. And I think uh, Hooker and um, – oh, by the way, I'm just blank out. Um, KZ? Yeah, Hooker, KZ, all those guys are going to have their hands full. Um, th- these guys don't run normal tight end routes. They're not running like the regular, okay, check. All right, now I'm going to get out to the flat. All right, quick out. All right, a little option round. These guys are pushing it down the field. Yeah. Um, and they are going to stretch – not only our safeties and our secondary, but they're also going to stretch our linebackers to get more depth. And what is what do we know that New England likes to do? Like, they like to use their running backs as options as well. So if we have our, these two tight ends running down the middle of the field, literally putting stress on our secondary and making our linebackers get more depth, it forces you to now have to pay attention to those guys underneath because those running backs are going to creep out and get the easy little passes for Mac Jones. So it's it's a it's one of those things, man. It's like, yeah, you might be able to shut down the tight ends, but what are you going to give up in order to do that? And um, or if you try to just stay underneath, those guys get behind you, and now you're asking your safeties to come up and make big hits on big guys. So I mean, it's we have our hands full, and I'm looking forward to seeing this. this is the, the biggest challenge that we've had as a duo at tight end position. Obviously, week one is one of the best dudes to ever do it. Um, but these, <laughs> I mean, these guys, these two guys work really well together. And then they have another guy, Asi Asi. He, he's, he's one of the guys that sits in there and he'll put hands on you. Yeah. So um, they, they have, they're going to use three. Don't be surprised um, to see three tight end sets consistently because, again, they want to muscle you off the ball. 
and then they want to utilize that to get behind you. Once they get you coming up, they haven't been running the ball that effectively. They really haven't. Yeah. But they, but we know what they want to do. They want to get the ground game going, um, and they're yeah, and they're very determined in that regard. Uh, almost to a fault. Almost to a yep. fault. Very much so. <laughs> um, but if you allow them to get that going even a little bit, that's when those tight ends can really come back and bite you. Bar- to borrow, sorry, to borrow a phrase from Jason Garrett back in the day, they were they were persistent with the run last week. Like it wasn't. It wasn't great. I mean, it's like three, seven yeah, yards of pop yet. or whatever, but it, it allowed them to at least get the play action. And they had Houston biting on that play action. That's mm-hmm. what they, you know, they yes. were able to to get a lot of things going across the middle of the field based off based off the the threat of the run. Yeah, and I anticipate Dan Quinn being in his bag mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in this game because he recognizes where the threats are, and when you have. I mean, Curse has emerged in, in this defense as a guy that you trust uh, in those big nickel situations. But I think all in all, even with their offensive line, they play well together. And they have great – I mean, this is – I'm not telling you something you don't know. They're a well-coached team. So yep. the thing about them is they're going to play their assignments uh, the best. But we, what we have is guys up front that can get that pressure, that can throw off those routes. When they go p- play action like that, if Osa's in the face of Mac Jones, that – completely disrupts everything that they want to do offensively. I'm not afraid of you know, Hunter Henry and, and these guys. That, there's nothing about them as tight ends that I feel is dynamic. And, and I feel like from our from our defensive standpoint, if we just stay true to who we are, we've eliminated, we've stopped teams from trying to run the ball because we've con- consistently applied that pressure. And they can't stick to their game plan if we get out on them early. They're, they have to change their spots because if they continue to try and be methodical in their offense, they're going to find themselves down by multiple scores. Josh McDaniels actually spoke about that this uh, last week or this week that uh, they haven't run as much too tight end as they want. Because they haven't been able, they've been behind on the scoreboard. So maybe the biggest, the best defense is for Dak and you know, that is. go up and get three, <laughs> three touchdowns in the first half and make it hard for them. You know, make them spread things out. That sounds great to me. Let's just get it done. Let's three <laughs> touchdowns on the board. Let's just go ahead and get out there and, and, they're not and a, knock it out. They're not a team built for coming back. No, they're not built for that. But they, if you allow the game to stay close, they will wear you out. Because that's the, kind of what Heckle yeah. was saying. That's the game plan. Yeah, I mean, if they if you get away from that, then they're in trouble. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's Correct. that's one thing I think the Cowboys should be looking at. I, I, I want to go off of something you said there. You talked about Dan Quinn being in his bag last week. We or excuse me, two weeks ago, the the battle that I was most excited about going into the Carolina game was uh, was Kyle or was Brady Joe Brady, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. along with Kellen Moore. I mean, the two offensive coordinators yeah. dueling back and forth, and man, we had a lot of fun with that one. Yeah. I'm more excited about the direct matchup between Dan Quinn and Josh McDaniels this week. Mm. That is going to be fun. Yeah. Because, I mean, two guys that are ascending after having a head coaching stint that didn't yeah. necessarily go their way, they go to a place where they have some talent to work with, and now yeah. they are on the rise again as coordinators. I think this is going to be as good of a battle yeah. as you'll see between these two. It's not a bad matchup, man. Those guys are both really well-respected in terms of their intellect. Um, I think Dan Quinn, obviously, in terms of how he uses his personnel and how he he'll, he'll approach every yeah. game differently. Um, then you got Josh McDaniels, where nobody's ever doubted his ability to play call anybody. I've never heard it. Um, that dude is he's he's very smart. <laughs> that dude is smart, and he will put his guys in position to be successful. And if he can't put them in position to be successful, he'll create something. Right. right? We talk. He'll draw some mess up on the sideline on them doggone little tablets, and and it'll be all right. Here we go in the dirt. Boom! You guys got it. Cool. All right, go out there and run. Get out there. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's him. So I mean, to your point, Kyle, I think it's going to be a heck of a showdown. And also the fact that these guys, these two coordinators, have history. Yep. They've seen each other a few times, <laughs> and and you know, it, and I, I want to go back to that what you're saying about. 
McDaniel and being how, how dynamic he is as a play caller. I think Dan Quinn coming into this week, I mean, I boy, I bet you that by, they are waiting for that bye week because they are having to prepare for mm. everything. Yeah, everything. It's not one of those teams where you go, oh, they just run a whole bunch of twelve, or they run no, mm. they run everything. Mm-hmm. Was McDaniel's the OC in the Super Bowl against them? I want to say he was. Yeah, I think so. Ooh, yeah. So there's yeah. history. <laughs> there's there's a there's a few uh, years of Super Bowl history between these two guys because yeah. he's been back there for quite a few years. Right? He wasn't there when was they that? played Seattle in the Super Bowl, was he? I don't think he was there. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm talking about New England. I know you. I know which okay, one you're yeah, talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, was he there that far back when Dan Quinn was the coordinator in Seattle? He may have been. I mean, we don't know. He's I don't been there know for a while. I got to look it up. Yeah. He's been in and out of the New England, so I'm not yeah. sure. He has. He's been the OC since 20. 12. So that would be a yes. Yeah. yeah. So they've got two Super Bowls of yeah. going up. So there's history, other. you know, basically wow. between the two. So it's going to be interesting. And I think the more pressure that we apply to this team and not let up off of them, we're going to have to do this for four quarters, you know. And, and I love what, what Isaiah is saying about them. They're, they're not that explosive of a, of a team, but they want to get you out into some, they want to muddy the waters, yeah, you know. And if you can get dirty with them and you getting dirty mean turn the ball over, have poor execution, then they got you. Mm-hmm. It's gonna to me. It comes down, to, yeah, to stop the run. Don't give them any threat to be dual, ba- dual yeah. and balanced. And you know, get after him. I mean, I, he has again. Like they talked about his quick release, and in that Tampa game, they actually put side by side Dak and Mac Jones's mechanics with the quick, quick release. And it is it is impressive. He's been better against the blitz. But what was the stat? I think you retweeted it too. Most rookie pressures in the NFL right now. Osa Digizua and yep. Micah Parsons. And mm-hmm. with Parsons, you don't... That's not just amongst rookies. That's the NFL. Yeah. it's crazy. And we don't know week to week where Mike is going to be. He's probably going to do a little bit of everything. So uh, just yeah, get after the rookie, man. The best part about that stat is it's been a consistent stat throughout the year. I mean, it hasn't been like, oh, week two, they were like 15th and 16th. No, they've been like up toward the top of that list, if not the top of the list for the entirety of the year so far. All right, when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, we continue looking at this offensive matchup between the two sides the Patriots and Cowboys coming up in week six when we return hi I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf before you can park yourself in front of the game park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores our land run package is a 1025 R 25 horsepower tractor with a loader rotary cutter and a box blade for 229 a month and the price you see is the price you'll pay no surprises so don't miss another kickoff Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. 
free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more. Essilor here on Talking Cowboys. There it is. Be clear. I couldn't Essilor use. I couldn't. I couldn't do. It. I was. You told me before. I was using too, too much palm. palm. You're too aggressive. I don't know. Wait, yeah, I don't. You're too aggressive. It's okay. You like to hit people. I was about to say he was a linebacker. Yeah, I mean, he likes to hit people. Yeah. I just I, I, get up yeah. there with the. You gotta. You gotta show me like the way. You, yeah, you gotta be gentle. You gotta be. You can't be. You can't be I mean, you do it and you flip back. You almost turn around and split. And come back. I watch a lot of Purple Rain ah. coming up. Ah. <laughs> Dearly beloved. Nice. Oh, good. <laughs> Final segment here of Talking Cowboys here on DallasCowboys.com. Continuing our preview of the Patriots offense and the Cowboys defense. Now, Cowboys defense, of course, we, we mentioned this yesterday with so many guys going to come back for a injury pretty much in waves after the bye week. I mean, it's going to be one week after the other after the other. I mean, you're going to have an influx of starters, fresh unquote, legs. fresh legs coming in and being a part of the defense. So I ask you the question, yesterday it was about people might be losing their jobs. Mm. Who is saving their jobs with the play that they've had so far, Heckma? On defense? On defense. I'm going to say Jerron Curse Mm -hmm. is a guy that, you, you, yeah, you're going to have a hard time replacing the value that he's shown you. And Jerron Curse is a guy that probably going into two days, you probably didn't even think he was going to make the team Mm because he was looked at as a special teams ace. And here he is just showing up and showing out and and making the most of his opportunities. I think outside of Terrence Steele, and maybe right there with Terrence Steele, I think Curse is my most pleasant surprise throughout the year. Yeah. Like yep. those two guys on b- both sides of the football, this team would not be nearly as confident in what they're doing without those two guys doing what they're doing. He's right now. A, he's basically a starter with the snaps he's playing, and he was a special teams guy basically mostly throughout his career. Yeah. So the Cowboys saw something fit wise that maybe other teams didn't. He didn't see. come off the field the last game. Did not. Did not. That's huge. And the- Don will be back, you know, at some point, but. I mean, he he just he helps you in so many different ways. You can play him in different spots, you know. So he, it's not just one role that he fills. I got a controversial one, but I want to hear you guys. I, I I go ahead, it. go ahead, go ahead. Now, come on, tell me who, who's your guy that's, that's playing into his role or role is safe, however it was posed. This is a kind of a reach. I mean, that's that my that was you took my one A. Did my one A? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that might have been everybody. That's everybody's. 1A. Yeah. Um, hmm. I, so this is my reach. Uh, my reach is Jordan Lewis. I'm not Jordan Lewis, but uh, um, Anthony Brown. Mm-hmm. That's where I was going to. That's a good one. Yeah. So Anthony Brown. I mean, I think he was. He's obviously your starter just because of his experience and because of what his salary says he he gets. Um, but I think that the plays that he's making as of, as of last week, especially, uh, I think that he's securing his spot as of that that may have been challenged by the rookie Joseph. Um, when he was coming back, so mm-hmm. I think Joseph still would have had to prove that he deserves that spot. But I think that they were they were going to be 
kind of listening and being attentive <laughs> to say, say, okay, let's let's see, you, young fella. And if he would have showed some spurts, I think they would have just said, here you go. Uh, but now A. Brown's like, nah, player, like you stay. You come help us, but this is what I do. This is my my yeah. spot. That's a good one. I like that. I didn't even think about the aspect of throwing the rookie in there, but you're right. I mean, yeah. Kelvin Joseph looked like he was on a fast track to that spot, and that's not necessarily happening yet. you got to wipe Tampa Bay from your memory. I mean, yes. as good as that receiving Gosh. core is, I mean, look, man, it'd yeah. be a problem for anybody. Yeah. Um, it's unfair. He's got the picks, and you, I think you also have to keep in mind, as good as this Cowboys offense is, the corners are getting tested more than any yep. corners in the NFL. Diggs and Anthony Brown. It's it's a lot to handle because of the fact that, that you know they're they're up a lot. You know that's mm-hmm. challenging for the other for for this this cornerback group. That's a good point. Targeted point. pretty much targeted more than any cornerback group in the NFL. Yeah. Because, I would because of the amount of points that we score. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine they're right up there. That makes I mean, sense. I would love to go look at that stat. So if who's can your guy, it. Rob? You're not gonna get out of this. No, Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown was yeah. your guy. Yeah, shake, shake it before you bake yeah. it. <laughs> All right, Hecken. <laughs> I want to hear yours. Well, here's the here may be my reach, and it's Osa Digizua because of mm. Gallimore coming back from elbow injury. And look, before the season started, you were looking at Osa as a rotational guy uh, for Gallimore. I think now Gallimore is in a situation where he's the rotational guy for Osa. Mm. Mm. So when Gallimore and Hill come back, they're gonna be watching. And coming in to, to spell mm. Osa. That'd be interesting. I mean, I don't think you're sitting him down. I agree with you there. No, I'm I not. mean, I actually, I think I'm going to stand with you on this one. I think Osa's the starter when Gallimore comes back. I'm right there. I'm alongside you. because, And I'm one who, I loved Neville Gallimore coming out of the draft. I was really high on him. I had a second-round grade on him. I thought getting him in the third was a steal. And I don't think he's a bad player by any means. But from what we've seen early in Osa's career and his get-off and his strength and his mm-hmm. ability to just disrupt things mm-hmm. in the middle of that line, Neville never really did that as a rookie. And, and just to, to piggyback, it. it's no, different styles. But it to is, piggyback, I see Hill's more like Osa than Gallimore's more like Osa. You know what I mean? Like Gallimore's you more. You talk about a, the energy? Yeah. Okay. That's the only comparison. Like, I would. Yeah, I, I want to see them both next to each other. Yeah, that would be also. awesome. That means you have to take Brent Arbor off. That, and I'm that, cool with that. That's that, that's where I was going though too, because it's like they're all gonna play. Like Dan Quinn, it's a yeah, Dan yes. Quinn. He wants like a if he could have a 20 man D line rotation, he would have it. So they're all gonna play. But like, does Brent Urban snaps stay the same when Gallimore comes back? Maybe Osa's do, but not Urban, who's been playing more. Just in, in adding more context to what you're talking about about mm-hmm. Odigizua and his start. Think about this, Gallimore. When he really didn't even come into his own till like week nine or ten, it was yeah. it was a delay. The Steelers game was really the first one where right. he really hit the table. Did, it, right now, Osa Osa is hitting the ground running, and, and I, like I said, it's going to be hard, I believe, to replace that or take him out or not have him on the field. Like okay, sixty eight snaps in the game last week. Osa had forty one. Watkins had Carlos Watkins had thirty five. Like there's enough room. There's, there's Brent Urban for, had 30. Yeah, there's room for everybody to get in there and play. Bohanna was 16 in there as well. Bohanna's going to be an interesting conversation. Hmm. I don't think he's played poorly, but he's just not doing the same things as some of the other guys are at the moment. It's a great it's problem. A good problem to have. It is. It's, yeah. a, it's a fantastic problem to have. You've got a second rounder and a third rounder sitting in the wings ready to come back and Make an, make an impact, and one of those probably should have been a second rounder as well. But it's going to be a lot. I mean, the challenge is, and tomorrow we're going to obviously talk about the offense, and boy, that's going to be so exciting uh, because of that deep, that pass defense is 
Mm. It's, I don't want to jump ahead, but I'm just telling you, these guys are for real. Yep. But the the matchup and what we're going to do once Gallup comes back, we talk about the defense. What are we going to do on offense once we get some of these guys back healthy? Yeah, that's a topic of conversation. Really quickly, before we do wrap things up, I want to get your ranking. Where does this Patriots offense rank against the teams you've seen so far? Is it third, fourth, ah. fifth, sixth? I mean, that just – then. Third, I guess I wouldn't rank them up there too high. Um, as far as the that was actually that was higher than I thought it would be. Honestly, well, you got Tampa and, and Chargers, and yep. they're one two, one right? two, and then I think it, it, right better out. than the Eagles. You think so? Different, different type. I mean, there's more speed on the Eagles, mm-hmm. but they're they're more efficient than Philly was at least in the game they. That's played all I'm Dallas. talking about. Yeah. Hmm, yeah. that's a good one. I would compare it right at it, though. I was thinking the same thing earlier. The only thing with the Eagles is, like uh, Rob just said, different styles. I mean, the Eagles have the outside weapons with Rager and Watkins and things like that, whereas it's all inside for the Patriots. Better than Carolina's no. offense? No, I'll put them at five. Yeah. Out of the six that we've – or four. We played five people, right? Yeah. 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 i put them at four. You would, put, you would put Carolina's offense – This would be six, though. Yes. This, is a... this would be the six. Sorry. Yes, yeah, yeah. so I'll put them at um... – I put them at five. Who who are they above? They are above um, Philly. Philly, yeah. Well, they'd be last. Right? Yeah, Philly's last. They play, oh, yeah, no, Philly's this last. Is six. Yeah. So okay. Philly, New England, Carolina. Then we go up from there. Hmm. I would put them dead last, and I'm not afraid of saying that. I think Philly's got more weapons outside. It's a different different style, but yeah. I think I would I would rank them bottom nah. bottom of the barrel. Philly's too not so much on the too. defensive side. I think this New England's defense Oof. is oh man, they are they're big, That's, they're physical, and they are quick too on the back physical. end. More so than the coordinators we just talked about today. That's. That's the chess match that we're going to get into mm. tomorrow. That's going to be fun. Yeah, that is going to be fun. Fast forward Let's tomorrow. do it. Yeah, yeah. can we just give Chris? We got an extra Go. forty-five minutes. Can we just cut the stream <laughs> and just talk about it now? Because we're that excited about it. Nope. That would be a no. (laughs) Well, good try. All right. That's it for us here on Talking Cowboys. (laughs) For Chris Beam in the back, for Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips, I'm Kyle Yeomans. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!